Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Vibe higher, bitch. Vibe higher. 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 Superficial magic is like if goop were fun. It's like you don't have to go find your path. You just have to relax and let your path find you. Time isn't real. Math isn't real. If you focus on magic, you will create magic. That's like a 100% John Stamos guarantee. You really can manifest anything you want. Vibe higher, bitch. Vibe higher. Vibe higher, bitch. Vibe higher. Welcome to Superficial Magic, the most magical place on the planet. Thank you for joining me for another week of spiritual, spiritual wall <laughs> learning. <laughs> spiritual hit the wall. <laughs> Judgment free. Ooh, I'm joined by producer Chris. How are you, Chris? I'm so good right now. I'm really good right now. Yeah. We're kind of beaming right now. We're, we're vibrating. Yeah. We're, this is a really great day. It's beautiful out. We have a kitten. Somebody guilted us into taking a five-week kitten. <laughs> She's just running around being adorable. She was going to be put down at the pound. So... I don't know. She looks like a baby skunk. Who cares? Right? Yeah, she's amazing. She's she's uh, jumping in a, a caboodle right now. <laughs> Ingrid has a caboodle like it's 1997 and she's just laying in it like it's her mom. It's kind of sad. She she does need a mom. But yeah. anyway, caboodle mom. We're, we're her mom. We're her mom. We're your mother now. She runs away. <laughs> Um, this week's guest is Marcella Kroll. She's dope as fuck. She's a real life witch. She's a tarot reader. She's a metaphysical teacher. And she just has so many amazing intentions and stories and deep connections to share with us on the magic. That's sick. She's absolutely sick. So first, we just want to say thank you to everybody who bought shirts and who's rated this podcast and listened to us and joined the Facebook group. I, I don't know. It means the whole entire world. It means a lot. Yeah. It's Huge. just so amazing. Um, we had a little problem. <laughs> <laughs> printing. With the shirts. Have yeah. you ever had a... You really lost it. Uh, I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think a, I think it ended with you saying that you hated <laughs> Ingrid and I. Oh, <laughs> uh, was just that was just for five minutes. But yeah. yeah, um, you. It I was, mean, it was awful because we wanted to get them out on time. Um, yeah, we and, we had a one printer kind of like you know push back and and uh, three weeks later, it was like can't do it. Yeah, w- w- after we've been waiting the whole time, and then <clears throat> yeah. the next printer was just great but stupid yeah. um, mistakes were being made and you are a very type A person and if something's a minute late you lose your mind and yeah. these were almost a month late so yeah. you were having a really hard time with it I just want everybody to know that was not okay we with, suffered, we suffered. Per, for Crystal Chris <laughs> and it will never happen again we have it all sorted out and uh beautiful but they're beautiful they're super cool they're so cool you're wearing one right now Yeah, the shirts are super super soft yeah no 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 it was it was worth the way it just was you know it was a process so uh hopefully hopefully it's (laughs) worth it for everyone i think it's been it's been great i'm gonna do the quote of the day on vulnerability sick okay it's time for the quote of the day it's the quote of the day is that stupid 
here's the quote of the day. It's by Bob Marley. Have you heard yes. of him? Have you ever heard of Bob Marley? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, just let me find it. Okay, okay, yeah. <sighs> this is such awful news. Bob Marley? Yeah. Be, well, this quote. You heard he died. <laughs> that also, not my favorite news. So that was terrible. The government did this to him mm-hmm. because he liked peace. Yep. They don't like peace. They don't. They hate it. Okay. Uh, Here we go. Being vulnerable is the only way to let your heart feel true pleasure. Ooh, I like that. Short and sweet. God damn it. Straight. straight What do you think about that? It's true. It's like, if you're not scared a little bit, then you're doing it wrong. Yeah. You got to be petrified (laughs) every fucking moment of your life or you are... I think a better word is uncomfortable. Yeah. You know? Gotta push the limits. I just think in modern day life, it's kind of like, oh God, I'm so smart. I've built this Hugh Grant about a boy. Great movie. P.S. Life where I'm really going to be okay. No one can shatter my heart. Like nothing can come out of nowhere and kill me emotionally. And we think we're so smart, but your heart is like, I have no connection because risk is involved with me truly opening. Yeah. So, I don't know. I like it. She said something so cool, which was that uh, vulnerability shows how much we trust people. Like, we're yeah. only as vulnerable as we are trusting. Fuck. I know. I'm really excited for everyone to hear. Have you learned anything this week? We haven't caught up with you learning. <laughs> learning, I know, right? Yeah. It's strange. Yeah, you know, I feel like I'm trying to learn to trust the universe. I feel like you are doing an amazing job of it. Thank you. You're kind of really leaning in. I think, yeah. You know, sometimes I feel like I've always panicked, you know, like, got to do this, got to do this. You know, I'm in control. Mm -hmm. You know, what's that the thing about, like, you know, you make plans and God laughs at you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Totally. I I think, uh, yeah, just trying to learn to trust the universe. Just calm the fuck down and just enjoy it. I'm loving that. I'm in the same spot. Every morning I pray to be a vessel for the universe and just take it out of my hands and run with it because I cannot control a single fucking thing in a correct way with my brain. Well, it goes back to, you know, being vulnerable. I feel like, you know, maybe you're you're in that headspace and the universe just downloads things, you know, into your brain. Totally. Totally. I mean, going back to our band, what... No one brought that up, but going back to the band that everybody's (laughs) talking about, we are for sure downloading shit from the universe. Yeah. Is that too bold to say? No, I feel like almost like I, I, I don't create anything. I feel like I'm like you said, a vessel, like maybe the creative people are just downloading shit and it's about finding that space where you can be vulnerable and open to it. And just 100%. That's why it sucks that people become famous and then get stuck in their ego and then become absolutely miserable and not useful as a channel anymore. It's really sad. That is fucked up. Yeah. I'm looking at you, Matthew Perry. (laughs) (laughs) Fighting words with Matthew Perry. Why? Well, he's on the podcast next week. Yeah. I mean, great person, I'm sure. But anyway, uh, if you enjoyed this podcast and you're not a giant Matthew Perry fan... (laughs) Please go rate it five stars and leave a comment. Um, If it's not a five star review, take a little walk, maybe forget to review it. You know, we don't need that in our life. So just five star (laughs) reviews. We're so appreciative of the ones that we have. We love you. 
so much. Yeah. So enjoy Marcella and we'll see you next week. Okay. Okay. Marcella. Hi. Hi. <laughs> when you're just sitting across from somebody, are you just seeing shit all around them? Like, are there just ghosts and like <laughs> visions? Sometimes. Sometimes. Sometimes there's like light coming out from places or weird blobs or entities. When did that start? <laughs> uh, Probably toddler. I, I mean, I, I definitely would see stuff when I was like, a little kid and get yelled at a lot. <laughs> Stop saying stuff. Yeah. Um, or trying to like heal people. And like I go up to them and like usually get yelled at like, what are you doing? So she's putting her hands out like, like a little <laughs> tiny Jesus. Yeah. And I can see how that might be a little scary if a little kid's walking towards you. Like I'm healing you. Right. But I think I would like it. Right. Yeah. I would think like, unless you're a monster and you don't want to be healed like my mother. <laughs> Children are scary. Though. Yeah, they are. True. They're true. so terrifying. They, yeah, they can be. I want to heal you. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Go to your room. <laughs> um, yeah. I, have you ever been like tempted to be like, you're going to die soon? Um, no, even people I've, uh, even people that I've really, 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 really loathed. I've never done that. Really? Yeah. I don't know. There's something in me that just doesn't feel good about it. I've only cursed someone once. What does that look like? <laughs> Um, it looked like someone it, it was a dating situation yeah and i i i threw them out of my car on hollywood boulevard and in real life or in the no curse? this was in real life oh. and then and then um uh i went home <laughs> and i threw myself on my bed and cried about it but then i like went outside and wrote their name on a piece of paper and just started lighting stuff on fire and yelling at the universe to curse them and to make them unhappy forever. And I've never done that before. Um, I, it was one of those things where like full blown red rage took over my eyes Mm -hmm. and my body. Do you think that it worked? Oh, it worked. Oh no. I know. 30 days later they got fired from their job. And a couple months later, the woman that they dumped me for threw them out. <gasps> and uh, I think their car broke down too. Do, did you ever remove it? I mean, it did what it did and then it left. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've never done that before though. That's like, really, that's strong of you. I would be throwing curses out <laughs> daily. I've, you know, I, t- I take a lot of crap. There was something about that night that set me off though. I mean, even people that I should have cursed probably, I found a way to like let it be you know yeah um but there was something about that night that set me off I don't know I was definitely not sober <laughs> so that might have had something to do with it yeah yeah some I mean, might say that it was my bottom <laughs> <laughs> definitely his bottom for sure yeah um yeah so I know being a witch or witchy is very Pinterest heavy right now. <laughs> yeah. 13 year old girl. Sure. You're an actual fucking witch. Yeah. I'm not a hashtag. You're Instagram a witch. witch. Yeah. So that's cool. And do you do a lot of rituals? And I always see that on Instagram, you're like dressed all in black doing <laughs> ritual. What are you doing when you do that? Um, I, you know, part of my personal practice and I feel like, 
from a young age has always been to create ritual um regardless of what i had supply wise you know obviously i've gotten older and i've acquired some things but um ritual to me is just like my daily prayer mm. so i have altars i have a couple of altars um and i do ritual the way you would make yourself breakfast you know um i don't do it every day but like i do it often and a lot of times my rituals are related in gratitude or if I'm trying to invite more, you know, just space for love, whether it's loving myself more into my life or, you know, financial support or just space and monetary support to help bring forth other gifts that I'm supposed to be doing while I'm in this body on this planet. But um, some are fancies than others and some are really simple. Like I just light a candle and I give gratitude and I ask to, to, you know, clear the energy or, um, invite in new energy, but yeah, I don't know. It's so daily now and just like, so normal. It doesn't feel like anything. It does feel special. I don't want to say it doesn't feel special, but it's just like, it's not as like, um, Ooh, this is out of the ordinary. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like really, it's really just an everyday occurrence. It's not something that like, you know, I think the key to that might be for me making it less overwhelming because I'm like, Mm -hmm. I need to light this sage, then this candle, then do this and this and this and this and this. And it's Mm -hmm. maybe just like light this candle and say Mm -hmm. a prayer and meditate for 10 minutes and then kiss your crystal. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Kiss your crystal. Um, (laughs) I love that. Yeah. I mean, and and sometimes too, it's like, it's a weird inspirational moment. Like I don't always go, I'm going to plan a ritual. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes it's like, I get a feeling in the morning and I'm like, ah, you need to do this, you know? And I just get inspired and, you know, like I said, I've kind of started to acquire things. So like I'll have tools on hand, you know? Um, And then sometimes there's like, okay, you have a big important event coming up that you need to mile mark with the ritual. Mm. So that's the only time I really plan, you know? Okay. So let's say that you have a, what could be coming up? I have a date next week. Can we do something for my date next week? You could do something for your date next week for sure. What would that look like? Hmm. I mean, you know, you would want to look at like what you're trying to call in with the date, you know, maybe not. I see. Here's the thing. Like I'm not a big, I don't like manipulation magic in the sense of like, I'm going to get this person to think I'm their everything and da 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 and have it, it, it because it, it can backfire on you. And I've definitely had a lot of spells go haywire or backfire on me because I was trying to control and manage the situation. Right. But say you want to have a ritual to bless the date to be the best date it for the best date it could be for that evening or to bring joy and laughter into your date night. I would say um, if you have an altar, um, if you don't have an altar, that's okay too, but you want to dedicate an area to like a little area for sacred space. Oh, right. Okay. That could be a, a coffee table, a counter, a corner, a dresser, you know, whatever it is, something that's going to be undisturbed. Yeah. Um, and I don't know why I keep seeing. So sometimes I tune in psychically to see what I need because it's not always like the standard thing. Like, um, and for your date particularly, I would say you would get like your sacred space, right? Whatever that countertop might be. Maybe you get some orange roses um, or like brightly colored, you know, you can, they don't have to be expensive. Um, if you can't afford going out and getting flowers, maybe go nearby and see if you see anything growing in the wild and ask if you can cut some, but ask the plant first. Um, 
you basically want the element of like the flower. You can put um, a stone there if you like. You can put your wishes, your intentions, a piece of fruit. Basically, you're making kind of like a little portal or a vortex for this good energy to come in. No shit. I have never thought about it that way before in my entire life. Nice. That's yeah. amazing. So oh. it's so it's just this little corner holding space for yeah. the best outcome possible. Right. I mean, I often think like the best place we can do ritual is for ourselves, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, and that that is the 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 highest and best magic we can do is when we're directly working it for ourselves. I, I particularly yes, you can do magic and kind of control other people or like, you know, do ill will and all that stuff, but like honestly that stuff is exhausting. Yeah, it's a lot of work. It's like when you like people lie. It's like, like, just tell the truth. It's less tiring and less to keep up with. You know, like you never. (laughs) It's such a weird um, place to be at when you step over that line of Mm. not manipulating results anymore and just being like, I'm going to trust that. Right whatever's meant for me, I won't have to manipulate. Totally. And you know, there are things you can do to better, like foster, like better chances for certain things. But like, if you can come to ritual from a place of non-attachment as well, um, letting go of the outcome, letting go of, you know, the results, Mm. that's the best kind of magic you can do. That's beautiful. Thanks. Okay. This is a really dumb question, but (laughs) Do you eat the fruit or no. when do you throw the fruit away? I usually let the fruit sit until it's probably not very good anymore. Um, or if you feel called, like sometimes I'll just get like a feeling like, okay, get rid of it. Um, so for example, like on my, one of my altars, I leave apples a lot for my altar. Um, and a lot of times it'll be just sitting there and I'll get a feeling, um, and I usually bring it out to the park. I'm, I'm, I'm like that witch in the neighborhood that you see carrying stuff to the crossroad or carrying stuff to the park. Like oh, particularly like the apples and stuff. Like I get rid of them usually before they go bad and I'll put them out because there are animals that will come eat them. But I don't you don't eat them. Um, if you feel like it's gone bad and you want to like wrap it up in like a, you know, a paper bag or something and then th- toss it out. There are different ways to leave ritual remnants, you know, Um Particularly if you're doing protection magic, you want to take those offerings and throw them in a trash away from your house. Oh, right. But if you want something to stay close to you, like say it's for love or, you know, bringing more abundance and you can throw it away in your trash at home. I see. You know, and I know this isn't really it's not a ritual podcast, <laughs> but I just am now very curious okay. about it. Is there is it more powerful to burn your intentions? What's the burning? Is it mm-hmm. is leaving a list of an intention there? more powerful or less powerful than burning it it really depends uh i love burning lifts because it lets me let go of thinking about it and Mm. it's alchemical right like particularly okay so i'm going to give you like a communication spell right like okay so for example, if you are like a letter spell, if you are say having difficulties with communicating with someone, either they're not here, you're out of sorts with them or they're, they've passed on, but there's a lot of things that you want to communicate. Um, I recommend you get a pencil and a paper. You can use pen too, but I prefer pencil because of the graphite and write a letter to them. Um, and you, in the letter, you would write everything that you like things that you really like about the person, things that you don't like, you know, maybe the, about the block that's happening. Like, Hey, we haven't talked, we're arguing, whatever, or whatever it may be. I can't find you, but don't just like put the bad, put the good in there too. And, um, 
you know, then you would take that piece of paper and in a fire safe, <laughs> obviously <laughs> like a fire safe uh, dish or pan, I would say do it in like a pot that you can burn it. Right. So the writing, the paper and the pencil is the air and the earth. When you burn it in the pot, then you add the fire. The fire. Now to add the water is you're going to take the ashes and dump them in the toilet and flush it. No, that's good. So that is one way. What happens is you release when you burn it and you like you release it. Mm -hmm. The flushing of it it sends it out into the world. Now, I find that alchemically, that's all the elements. It's very powerful. Um, if you want something to build over time is I think what something when you keep it. So like, say you're trying to bring in self-love or like, you know, you're like, I do want to call in healthy divine partnership and you write all those qualities down. I wouldn't burn it. I would leave it on your altar to charge or leave it in a sacred space to charge. Mm -hmm. You know, that way you have something to go back to for reference. And would I keep putting new fruit there every time I feel like it's time to take it away? I think you should treat your altar like a living object, you know? Okay. So if the, if you're trying to like call in love into your life and the flowers are dying, the fruit is dying. It's not a good thing. <laughs> you know, you want to like change it up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Good call. Yeah. <laughs> good fucking call. So I asked you what you kind of wanted to discuss today and you said vulnerability. I said vulnerability. Fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Vulnerability is the worst, the worst. And I'm excited to hear your take on it because I feel like the only real vulnerability information I've gotten is Brene Brown Mm -hmm. and I love her. Amazing. But I'm like, where's your wand? Like, where's the magic? You know, because it's very right. I don't know. Oh, vulnerability. I mean, I I guess I brought that up because it's just been so heavy in my mind, mm-hmm. you know, um, particularly in the last few months. Well, I would say even since May. Right. Like I, I think just it's so hard to be vulnerable. We're told like you got to be vulnerable, but then nobody wants to show their real mm-hmm. feelings because we're also suspect. Um of what you're going to do with them, you know, like there is a mistrust in, in that. And also I think it, depending on your experience, like the way I grew up, it wasn't, it wasn't safe to be vulnerable. Um, you, if you were vulnerable, whether you were scared or you really cared about something a lot, it wasn't, it was, it was bad. It was bad because that could be used against you. Yes. Not just the fear, but the things that you love could be used against you too, or mm-hmm. as a tool of manipulation. So ugh, this last like several months have been all about coming back to being vulnerable and communicating when I'm, because sometimes with the magic stuff too, it's like being vulnerable with the magic, not just like, I want to be powerful. Right. It's like... I want to be able to appreciate what's coming in and I want to be able to ask for it in a way that's like ethical and balanced. And I don't know, you know, I think you can be a witch and be powerful and be vulnerable. You don't have to just be like Maleficent, like even Maleficent, even the way they were portraying her now, she's, you know, she, they're showing her as being vulnerable, having feelings, but like there's like these archetypes of being a witch and being magical and, um, either you fall into one out of two categories. You're either this like airy fairy, love and light, f- kind of phony, mm-hmm. like 
rose colored spiritual bypassing person or you are like this like badass like dark like do not mess with me like nothing phases me like person there's no in between so the middle ground witch yeah middle ground or just like just balanced like i don't know harmonic Mm -hmm. like harmonic witch i don't know just someone that's like got a grasp of reality and (laughs) not privilege like witch privilege which i see a lot on the internet what's witch privilege Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's like so much which privilege to me is the okay here we go i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm going here the capitalist like commodification of witchcraft as a trend as a way to sell byproduct market like poc indigenous practices to make money after rejecting them for years yeah uh which privilege is like you know i just like being able to like walk into a store and get things you need where other people have to fight to hold on to their practices or um you know hey mom i want to be a witch <laughs> this is my new thing i'm yeah. going to start an instagram account and i'm going to do tarot readings yeah um which i think fine like there is room for all of this stuff and for learning but i think that there's a powerful part of this prac- like claiming that for yourself that goes um like a lot of people have forgotten about in the last however long Instagram's been around, like what, 10 years or something. I don't know. However long it's been around, there is like a lot more accessibility, which I think is beautiful. And I think people wanting to heal themselves and reclaim their magical birthrights and going back beyond what they were raised with is, I think it's great. But I also think there, there's no, um, people don't talk about consequences enough. They don't talk about like what happens when you start using your magic just to feed your ego, when you use your magic to manipulate, to get what you want. There are real back, like backlash consequences with that. Yeah. You have to respect it. You do. Or else it will slap you in the face. Can you give us an example of that happening to you? Sure. Um, (laughs) There's so many. Well, Um, I was driving down Hollywood Boulevard. (laughs) There was that. (laughs) But um, I will say uh, another thing that had to deal with, Okay. It had to deal with dating again, but it didn't have to deal with dating. So here, uh, I would say, what year was this? Was it 2010? So nine years ago. Yeah. Nine years ago. Um, I found a statue outside of my house, like in a box kind of in front of the neighbor's house. And it's very interesting how this deity has come back into my life. Cause I work with different deities and things, but Santa Marta, she's the Holy death deity she's a folk saint um anyway there was a statue of her outside of my house like the neighbor's house and i was like oh that's really cool but i didn't know who she was there's like it's a reaper grim reaper cool i brought it into my house (laughs) and um i set up candles and all this stuff and i still i just thought it was a grim reaper i didn't know what it was it wasn't very bright of me but i knew i was attracted to it (laughs) so then i started doing all these love spell like I was like, I am going to call in like the love of my life. I'm ready. Like at that time, I, you know, it was nine years ago. So how old was I? I was like early thirties. Right? I'm like, I'm going to do it, you know? Um, and I was doing new moon circles at my house. Mind you, nobody was doing new moon circles. People like for two years I was doing them and I had the same two girls for two years. And then, then all of a sudden people started coming and it would be like 18 women in my old living room. <laughs> But 
flash forward, we would do these new moon intentions. So I had all my stuff set up and my new moon intention was like, I think I've done the work. I'm ready for a partner. I'm ready for my soulmate. I'm ready for this. Right. Well, I met someone <laughs> uh -oh. and I was like, I know. And I was like, oh my God, I must have. And I'm like, I, but I was so like, cocky about it. I was like, but you know, of course I'm only going to meet the person if I've truly worked through all of my staff. Mm. And then I meet someone and I'm like, oh my God, I've worked through all of my stuff. Never a good sign. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> oh my God. Fast and furious. Three months. We're like in love. We're taking trips, all of this stuff. Six months. Oh my God, this is my person. I don't even want children, but I maybe would have a baby with this person. And all of a sudden things got weird. And in a two week period, I like left town and I found out when I came back, he cheated on me. made four women. No. Yeah. He like one of them contacted me saying like, she thought he gave her a venereal disease, like all this stuff. It was insane. And it literally became every nightmare fear that I had had about relationships reflect, reflected to me um, through this situation. And I was like so hooked. So and because now it of was the, the real work. The real work was like, no, this is actually the shit you've got to work through. And then the magic hooked us. You know, that's the thing with magic, especially when you're doing love magic. It hooks you for better or worse. Ooh. So I pushed this person out of my life, but then I let them back in. Briefly, briefly. It's all the window, we always have to sometimes. The window back in was like two weeks of shame because <laughs> <laughs> I needed to learn the shame part too. It wasn't just like, oh, get out of my life. It was like, no, let them back in and be totally ashamed with your friends and community. <laughs> <laughs> so, look, I got rid of that statue so fast and yeah. said, I am not ready for this. And, um, you know, so that's just like one example of it hit going haywire. And it caused me a lot of pain, you know, the recovery process of going through that kind of, you know, getting your ass handed to you being like, you think, you know, everything, or you yeah. think you're going to mess with this stuff. Well, here, call it in, you know, it's just a little tricky. It's tricky to navigate. Is the know? best, um, practice with this just kind of waking up in the morning and being like, mm -hmm. It sounds kind of corny, but just turning it over to the universe. Is that the best magical trick you can do? Um, I think so. I think it's also being willing to like go, I'm, I'm willing to do my part. Like I'm willing yeah. to show up for my half of this, but I don't have to do the ritual, make the petition and then go find the thing or make it how, you know, part of it is building a relationship with that universal energy and, and, and treating it like an, I, that's what I realized with the relationship thing, you know, ultimately, because my life changed after that. My life was like, you need to like build your relationship to your spiritual connection, not through another person first, but through your spiritual connection. And then you'll find the connection to the other human if that's what's meant to be, mm -hmm. you know? I mean, I guess that takes us back to vulnerability. Mm -hmm. Ugh. Uh, yeah. Because... Mm -hmm. your relationship with the universe is the relationship you're having with other people. Yeah, it is. I mean, and you, you do have to like kind of check yourself if like that relationship looks a little wonky or sideways. 
(laughs) But here's the thing. And, you know, I, and it's something that's also been really important to me since July and it's changed my life a lot. And I, I wrote something about this recently, but, um, I realize that a lot of my life, I, you know, you hear a lot of people that don't believe in the universe or don't have a spiritual connection. I've never had a problem. I, for lack of a better word, God, right? Yeah. I've never had a problem with God. Mm-hmm. Um, meaning I've never had a problem believing or talking to something outside of myself, a creator or some spiritual source energy. My problem has been with humanity. <laughs> You know, magic saved me when I couldn't talk to anyone. Magic was the only place I could be vulnerable and honest about what do I want? Why am I trying to call this in? And the big, a big thing lately that I have come to realize that's helped me with being vulnerable is making decisions. And I've talked about this before and I'm going to keep harping on it because it makes me feel connected is making decisions based as though I love myself. Oh my God. Okay. I've never even, that's never even occurred to me. <laughs> right. Me neither. I mean, I'm 42 years old and it, you know, it took me till July to go, I wonder what it would look like if I actually love myself. And I said yes to that thing. Like, would I say yes? Mm-hmm. Would I go out with that person? Would I eat that thing? Would I like show up to this thing that I hate every week? Would I keep letting this person be a friend of me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and all of a sudden, it was like I could hear my guidance, my source energy be like, yes, that's what we're trying to tell you. Um, and and it, it, it's it's been changing things in, in my life. It's allowing me to go, okay, if I can't be vulnerable with someone, it doesn't mean they're a bad person. Um, it just means that maybe I don't get to love myself when I'm around this person. Mm. But if there are people in my life, um, like I have a dear friend that I've been spending some time with that I can be vulnerable with. Right. And I'm allowing myself to be vulnerable with vulnerable with them because that is how I can show up. Yeah. And, um, and it's terrifying because there's always that fear of, is this going to be rejected? Am I going to get wounded? Am I going to get injured? Are you going to punish me for being vulnerable? And it comes back to the childhood stuff for me anyway. Um, But I'm rewriting that and it's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to be uncomfortable to believe in magic and not, it's actually more uncomfortable for me to believe in magic and not be vulnerable. It's more. Yes. You know, because how am I ever going to get what I want if I can't be fully vulnerable with my own magic? Yeah. You know, so I have to start learning how to do that with people, too, so I can have a better and more honest ritual and magical practice. Can you define vulnerability for you? Hmm. Vulnerability for me is like, okay, there are a couple things about like vulnerability for me that letting someone care about me. Mm. It's really, really hard. Um, Letting someone care about me and not fighting to have them shove it back. Um, Vulnerability is me letting all sides of my personality come out and not being ashamed of them. Vulnerability is 
telling people that I'm high functioning on the autism spectrum and like then start stimming and like not again, not going to shame or trying to hide who I am and feeling safe that that person doesn't have to fix me or do anything to make it better, but they just have to hold space. And then I have to then trusting them mm-hmm. <laughs> to do that. Oh, so trusting other people is a big part of being vulnerable. Oh my God. Yes. Trusting other people to not try to one up you and tell you like, Oh, I have this going on. <laughs> like when you're trying to share and like someone, and it happens so much when you're trying to share something that's important and you're trying to be vulnerable. And then someone immediately tells you something awful or something that kind of, it just like, it like sucks the air out of the room or something. Um, trusting that someone's not going to try to like fix you, but they're just going to hold space for you. And yeah, I don't know. It's a real powerful ability to be able to like, I know I've learned and I've trained myself to be that person for other people all the time because that was the role that I could manage. Mm -hmm. It was the only role other people would let me have. Mm -hmm. And coincidentally it turned into my work in a way. But like my version of it when I was younger was just to survive. But now for me to get the full benefits of what it means to be a witch and a healer and a person that shows up and does this work, it means I have to learn to let other people do the same for me. Ugh, Ugh. it's hard. It's so hard. It it really, yeah. it really uh, is such a good point. Mm-hmm. Well, and also we have to remember people are people. They're not perfect. And that's a big thing too. I have really, in the past, I've had ridiculous expectations of what I thought people should be doing for me emotionally. <laughs> totally. What do you mean? You're not mm-hmm. like dropping everything for me and making it a priority. You yeah. Know? I, my card that I drew this morning was like, you know, make sure that your love doesn't have expectations mm-hmm. on it. You need to fulfill all your expectations yourself. Yes. And then love will just be icing on the cake. Right. Yeah. Do you have any tips on having a better relationship with yourself? Mm. Just be really good at calling yourself out on your own shit, (laughs) 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 you know, and not as an excuse and not to bypass like, um, you know, the work that should be done. But like, if you can get in touch with like those things that make you go, Oh, maybe I wasn't being totally honest about my intention there. You know, really like look out your intentions, but back to loving yourself. But also I, one of the things I love telling my clients is like, ask yourself, am I doing this out of love or out of fear? And that is a big thing. Cause I realized there was a lot of things that I was doing that were transactional, even with myself, I would make agreements with myself. You can have this when you do this, you know, like everything was transactional, not just my relationships with other people, but my relationship with myself. And I catch myself from time to time. I do it now. Mm -hmm. I'm like, you can hold, you can celebrate and stop holding your breath when this happens. Yep. And I'm like, why am I punishing myself like this? Why is it so that that's the perfect example of getting in touch with like more love for yourself. Do you do it because you think you need to have like a reward system, you know, for some weird expect, you know, we can put these insane expectations on ourselves and to deprive ourselves of love 
We can deprive loving ourselves um, because we think we need to earn it outwardly. Like, you know, we look for outward validation before we can give it to ourselves. Mm -hmm. It's still, it's such a work in progress. It's, it's, um, but we can't ask to be better at it. Do you think it's scarier to be vulnerable with our light than our darkness? Oh my God. For me. Yeah. I think so too. Oh yeah. For sure. I've been thinking about why and I'm, I'm just like, is it because I don't have good boundaries and I'm scared if, if, if somebody mm-hmm. sees my light, they're going to need something from me mm-hmm. or expect something from me. And then I'm tied to mm-hmm. never disappointing them. I don't know. Like, I, don't, I think it's all those things that yeah. you just said. I mean, when you show people your light, you're visible, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. it's that thing again of like, and the fear of other people. I'm terrified of other people a lot of the time. <laughs> yeah I'm same yeah and um because they're so unpredictable you know and the thing is though this is where we have to like trust fall into it and you know what there are going to be some people that suck (laughs) but there will be people that you know show up and they're not perfect either and they might falter. But I think the thing is just being honest about, and this is the thing with vulnerability that I've been really struggling with is like, I, I really have to let go of thinking pe- other people are a mind reader. Yeah. You know, and I have to tell people too, because people automatically assume like I'm psychic, I'm empathic. Right. And I feel everything and I'm so sensitive and I can see things that maybe I get to get a glimpse of but I am not a mind reader. And I think there are things that we just expect people to do or know, especially if they have certain gifts or in certain professions, like people are like, Oh, Megan, you should be funny (laughs) all the time. And you're like, it just doesn't work like that. Well, I mean, for me, it does. For you, (laughs) you, it's the moment you wake up. Yeah. Till you go to sleep, even in your sleep. Mm -hmm. Um, no, (laughs) but the, Yeah. The thing is like, I have to tell people like, I don't know what you need unless you tell me because I only have my experience to go on. Most people don't know too. That, that's the other thing. And, and also, but that's being vulnerable is knowing when to say, I don't know what I need. But maybe if you hang out here with <laughs> but me it's for not a minute, this. <laughs> yeah, or like maybe if you go away, or maybe if you hang out here with me for a minute, it will present itself. Yeah, you know, and that. But that's the thing: you have to be vulnerable enough to say, "I, I don't know what I need, but I know it's not this, and I know it's just like I need a little more time to know understand it." You know, it's essentially. St- like taking yourself out of robotic mode Mm -hmm. because when you're in robot mode you know how every situation conversation whatever will unfold because you're both subconsciously manipulating it and whatever and this is like you said Mm -hmm. like trust falling Mm -hmm. into the darkness of Mm -hmm. the unknown and being like I don't know what's gonna happen well and you also you know you have to be able to also know like when you've shared with someone your vulnerability and they don't listen or they don't hear it or they choose not to, that that's also communication. Absolutely. (laughs) Because if someone is really able to earn your trust and hold that space for you and they hear it and then it's up to them what it's up to them what they do with it. It's not, it's out of your hands now. So like say I'm open with someone I, I love or care about and I say, 
I love you. I want to be here for you, but I need you to tell me what you need. Or if I say, I need you to be direct with me because I'm also, like I said, high functioning autistic, but I don't look it. I mask a lot. I tell people, I need you to be direct with me. I need you to say what you need from me. <laughs> I need you to not insinuate or dance around it because I don't get it. I don't get the subtleties. I, yes, I'm intuitive. Yes, I'm empathic. Yes, I pick up on things. But if you need something from me, I need you to talk to me. Yeah, ask for it. Right. That's challenging. Now, if you tell, like, if I tell that to someone and they don't do it and they don't, they purposely don't do it, I have to rethink about my relationship to that person or how, how I show up for them or how they, you know, or how I let them show up for me. Do you think there's such thing as being too vulnerable? Like sometimes Mm. I'm around people that it's just, I feel like their vulnerability is really overwhelming. Well, do you think it's, I mean, is it vulnerability at that point or is it like attention right? or victimization? Okay. You know, drama. Right. What is it really? Is it vulnerability or is it a bait, like bait to mm-hmm. pull you in? You know, so there is difference, you know? So vulnerability, you'll know when it's happening because you both feel like shitting your pants and throwing up. <laughs> kind of. Yes. And sweating. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a lot. Sweating, sweaty armpits. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Um, yeah. I mean, you're amazing, obviously. What, uh, is there anything else we need to know from you? Anything you want to lay down on the witch table for? If you really believe in, like, <laughs> if you really believe in something that, you want to put out in the world. I'm just, I don't know why this is coming up. Maybe it's because like, I I'm about to like birth this new book and Mm -hmm. I have like in, I've created two Oracle decks and, and it's funny because like both things like the decks and stuff are really important to me. And, um, a lot of people, I couldn't be vulnerable about what I was creating. And, um, I did them anyway, you know, because it's where my sense of success I I need to frame this properly. Let me see. I was talking to this guy today um, and, and we were talking about like the sense of success and where your heart meets it, you know? And for me, when my heart is in something and it lines up with my version or my idea of success, not someone else's, that's when it works. And that's what's happened to me when I've really believed in something I wanted to create. That's also vulnerability, because I had a bunch of people tell me like, oh, no, we're not interested. No, though, that'll never work. These are boring. This is this. This is this. But my heart was like, this feels right. I think living in L.A. is such a gift because you are rejected <laughs> 30 times a day. I mean, I oh used to God. be terrified of rejection if I'd get rejected once a year when I lived in Kansas. Here people are like, you're an awful person at everything. And you're like, all right, I was just getting coffee. <laughs> This guy once walked up to me and was like, are you an actress? And I was like, no. And he was like, well, I could manage you if you lost five pounds in your face. Ew. I was like, Wait, that was here? Yeah. Oh my God. I'm I was like surprised. five pounds in my face. Yeah. That's yeah. specific. But I think it does. Uh, I think it's made me a more comfortable mm-hmm. 
yeah. person with the rejection. People were horrified when I said I was moving to LA from, um, I'm from the East coast of Rhode Island. And then I moved to New York briefly. And then I like came out here and like, people were like, what? That's insane. <laughs> you um, can't. Like, why are you doing that? You should go to San Francisco. There are smart people there. And mm-hmm. I was like, what are you saying? I want to go here. And you know, it's like, they're like, yeah, but you're short and your teeth are fucked up and you do witchy stuff. <laughs> like go to San Francisco. Go to San Francisco. <laughs> They're smart. I'm like, oh my God, you guys are so terrible. But it, it does do this thing of like, yeah, I don't know. There's this, there is a brutal honesty in all the fakeness. <laughs> totally. I mean, it is a crash course and uh, mm-hmm. some some stuff that our soul obviously needed. Oh my God. Yeah. What's the book about? So it's called priestess and it is being published by not a cult media. And Goosebumps. That's so <laughs> rad. It's basically, um, again, this is where like I was, people had a couple of publishers wanting me to write like a novel type thing and I didn't want to do it or like a handbook. Um, priestess is an illustrated grimoire. So it's essentially, I wanted it to look like you found someone's private magic book. It's filled with um, spells and rituals and suggestions and some journal notes and drawings and things all taken from personal journals of mine and like combined into this one book. So I kind of look at it as it's like a biography without being a memoir, you know, because all the things in there I've used and I wanted it also to be used like a bibliomancy tool, which is where you, for divination, where you, you think of a question, you open up a book to a random page and look. So I wanted it to have that appeal too. So you can kind of just pick what you need and leave the rest. And maybe you don't like read it cover to cover because it's not that kind of book. I like those kind of books where you just flip it open. Yeah. And, you know, you can also get a sense or an idea of maybe like who created it without, but like, whatever. Like, it's not just like, here I am, me, 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 I, I, I. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I'm so excited. I can't wait for everyone to get more Marcella in their lives. You are truly a magical being. Oh, thank you. Where can they find you on social media? Uh, my Instagram is at Marcella Kroll and that's the only social media I have. K-R-O-L-L. Yes. Yeah. And M-A-R-C-E-L-L-A-K-R-O-L-L. And I will warn you, it's not branded content. It doesn't look <laughs> like per- perfectly curated. It is a true mixture of my work and personal life because they are interchangeable. Yeah. I love your Instagram. I think peop- you always have good tips on it. And then you have fun pictures. Thanks. Give and then sometimes there's like weird, sad karaoke or like other stuff like real life. <laughs> Listen, who doesn't need some weird, sad karaoke <laughs> from it. a witch? Like, yes, <laughs> you need that. Oh, cool. My phone is just <laughs> dinging off the hook for Bernie. Oh, brilliant. He needs me to campaign for him. Oh, I'm on that Get chain. On um, okay, you guys, you can follow me at Megan Granger. I can't wait to talk to you again next week. Let me know what you thought of this episode. Bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E 
AV on YouTube.